Hello and welcome to the Acolytes of Merlin. Uh, today we, we will be discussing Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Uh, I'm Johnny and with me tonight are... Hey, this is uh, Brian. How you doing? This is uh, Matthew. And this is Aaron. Cool. So, uh, full spoilers for all Star Wars live-action movies. I That's probably going to be it. We, we might get into some Clone Wars stuff with this one if... We if we do go into anything particularly heavy, we'll mention it beforehand, and I will mention it in the show notes. Um, and we'll be, we will probably be making some broad comments about Tales of the Jedi, uh, the most recent uh, Star Wars release. All right, so what did we think of the movie at a high level, or is that, or should I start? Well, no, I mean, so so for me, uh, I'll, I'll probably be the most generous. I, I don't know in regards to this movie. I, I I still think it's, for me, it's the second worst film in the franchise. I, I, I continue to believe that The Phantom Menace is probably worse. Uh, good reasons for it. I think... Overall, I think the the theme about try tr- the whole purpose of the movie, I think, is to set up episode three and to try to build stakes. I think it, in certain aspects, it it did all right there. I think it did better than some people want to give it credit for. Uh, it, it, it was a disjointed movie. There's a lot of problems with it. I think we'll end up getting into that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I I would also say it is my second least favorite. Uh, I'm I say that just as a comparison point because we will probably do a a full rankings episode at some point later. But yeah, I would say it's my second least favorite. Uh, but it is down there. Uh, but yeah, I think that this is a bad movie. Uh, there are some. Wait, 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 Johnny, what what is your least favorite? Uh. Listen and find out. <laughs> oh, gosh, right. um, oh wow! Hold that card. Cliffhanger. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think that it is a bad movie. There are certain. It is, I now I did appreciate it more. It it, it 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 used to be tied for my least favorite, and this solidly put it at my second least favorite because there were a few interesting or cool things that it does that I liked, and it. There is a cool mystery there, and and this is the episode I bet we'll start getting really into some of the mysteries in regard around the prequels, uh, plot wise. Um, so I think those are interesting, but I think it's a bad movie, and it does not do many things well at all. <laughs> uh, next, <laughs> yeah, I think um, I I grew up with these movies, so I, I obviously have a very nostalgic feeling surrounding them um so i didn't outright hate these movies when they when they came out um now that i'm older i can i can understand why um they are seen as as bad movies as for this one in particular i think it's a very important movie in the overall franchise because i think it sets up 
a lot of material that people have come to know and love, especially when it comes to the whole Clone Wars saga in general. Um, And I think in terms of character arcs, not necessarily how they executed it, but the the general ideas and the um, pinpoints that they wanted to hit for each character, I felt like was was done well to set up episode three. Um, and yeah, there there were some um, elements that I felt were very disjointed and may have could have been written better or removed or just done in a different way. Um, but I think for what this movie is, I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. Gosh, I love that assessment, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so I think I agree with what everybody said so far. My, the biggest way I would describe this movie, it's, it's too much. And at the same time, not enough. Um, it's just there's too much of the stuff that it doesn't need to focus on and not enough on other things. I look at um, kind of Star Wars is known for dropping you into the middle of things and kind of hoping you can catch up with where the world is, where the galaxy is, all these kind of moving pieces. Um, but it kind of drops you in here and it feels like even more so than any of the, the other movies, you know, even as a longtime fan and somebody who would watch these you know, forever it kind of seems like you're still confused. Like for the average viewer, if you come in, Oh wait, who are the separatists? Who's count Dooku with what's going on with all of this. Um, and then it spends a lot of time. Uh, I don't want to say all the Anakin and Padme stuff is too much time, but it kind of seems like it focuses in on the wrong parts of that relationship, which I'm sure we'll dive into more. Um, and then glosses over the complexities. Um, of the kind of galactic political situation where it gives you just enough that you kind of get it. Um, And you could have gone, I feel one of two ways you could have gone given us less of that to where it's simpler and a little bit easier to understand, but you don't get, you know, the depth that I feel George Lucas was going for, or you could have given us more so that we understand all those complexities. But I feel like you kind of get left in this middle ground. Um, throughout the movie and you kind of don't really get what the the crux of the conflict that seems to be driving uh the events of the movie um but on the like individual character side it does seem like i like that that it hits on the key points well excuse me i think that that's a really good point about to about the not having enough of some of the things we need and having too much of some of the things we don't yeah, I think that that's a really good point. I think, I think for what it's meant to do, it does it. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with that. You know, it's... So, what, what is it... All right, so what... Let's get in a little bit into it. What is it meant to do? So, the reality is, episode three, in the, in the, in the... What it was... Episode three, if you consider episode three the climax of the, of the trilogy, um, you have to build the... So, first off, the Phantom Menace didn't really build anything. Right. right. And then you're stuck with a second movie where you're trying to fill in a large amount of time and a large amount of time gap. The big failure of episode two 
is the fact that George Lucas didn't plan well enough on uh, spacing out the movies appropriately, building plot from beginning to end, and then also building the stakes. Episode two suffers from the fact, uh, uh, frankly, from from poor planning um, more than anything else. I agree with that. I think mm-hmm. so one of the early scenes that made this really apparent to me is the first scene where you see like Palpatine and the Jedi Council. And they they kind of establish this general state of the galaxy and the stakes of the movie in that scene where they're like, okay, negotiating with the separatists. They were trying to avoid war, and like Padme is there to try to be a major part of the negotiation. And instead, we get and establishes some character stakes well, and but like a lot of them, it doesn't. But yeah, but like that that. that Seeing kind of what made me think of that when they're talking about negotiations with Palpatine and the council members, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, we should. This is where we should have like met the congregate, like whatever the delegation from the separatists at some point, and you see them talking to Palpatine or whoever. And the other big thing, we don't meet Dooku, the main antagonist of the film, until like two thirds of the way through the movie, and he's mentioned like twice up until then. I think something else about Dooku is that it doesn't, they don't necessarily come out outright and say that he's like the antagonist. They want to keep you guessing, but like by the time you meet him, you know, the first time you see him, he's hanging out with, uh, you know, Newt Gunray, you know, the villain from the last movie. Um, and just kind of by association, you've been building him up as this mystery. And the first time you see him, it's like, oh, there he is with the bad guy, you know, ding, 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 bad guy. Um, and I kind of feel like they, there could have been more done with that mystery. Cause you do see Yoda and, or I don't think it was, was it Yoda or Mace Windu who was, oh, he's, he's not a murderer. It was Mace Windu. He said, he's not a murderer. It's not in his nature. He's a former Jedi all this stuff. So I think they're trying to set that mystery. And then, you know, by not introducing him, by not allowing him to be mysterious to kind of be this, he's the shadowy figure, but that you don't mention enough to kind of set up that mystery. So that when you find out he's a Sith, it's not really a big shock. And what's Uh, so, and what's so cool in general with both Clone Wars and tales of the he has an arc in tales of the Jedi that gets into some of this. We won't go into detail, but what's so cool about Dooku is that he is a he's a he's definitely the villain, but he's kind of that reasonable villain, and he and he actually has a lot of good points in terms of why he's doing what he's doing politically. But you don't really understand that, like he's and. So showing that would have made him a much more compelling character in this movie, which is what matters. And like to, to your point, such that the first time we really see him on screen, he's with like the literal villain from the last movie. So it's. But how yeah. how do you how do you go how do you how would you do that here? So what what I mean by uh, that is so you know in the you know there's such a large time jump. I think. Again, you know, I I actually had no, no problems with the way they built Dooku in, in the in the Attack of the Clones. I I think for the the movie structure he was in, I actually thought they did fine with it. I still think they created enough of a mystery about him and connected some of the political dots at least well enough to make the movie work. 
I think the biggest problem, and I, the other thing is, I actually think they uh, built. You know, we'll get we'll get into this later. I actually think they built Anakin's uh, dark side sort of seeping through in the in the movie. I think they actually did, did that fine too. I think the biggest fail was the romance and the fact that George Lucas was so focused on making this romance such a central part of the the. The narrative. Now, don't get, don't get me wrong. The romance is important, but the way it was portrayed was creepy. I think that the I it's think a that it, we're going to do it. it yeah, yes. it, I mean, it's it's really bad. I, you know, again, I think I think some of the central themes of building of building Anakin to show that he has flaws, and then also um, building up uh, some of the politics of Duke. I thought it was fine. It wasn't perfect. It was fine, but I. I think what killed this movie beyond anything else was George Lucas's insistence on pandering to this ridiculous overblown romance that was slightly creepy at creepy at best slightly. It's it's very creepy at best, disturbing at worst. She makes her feelings very clear at certain points and he keeps going a lot. And it's he there. Yeah. There's some really bad things just not just from a writing perspective from just a moral like perspective of how he goes about doing that yeah the scene that uh sticks out to me the most for that is the infamous um sand scene um because right after that he tries to kiss her for the first time and she initially accepts, but then she's like, no, I shouldn't have done that. And he says, I'm sorry. And then they literally sit in silence for like a good <laughs> 15 seconds as the scene slowly fades to black. And I, it, it just felt so awkward watching that. I think um, backing out to an even higher level, I want to say what Lucas was trying to do um was Anakin is very um Anakin uses his emotions to make decisions whereas the Jedi at least where they're at right now seem to be more dismissive of that and are a lot more um focused in politics so it was kind of that and whereas um palpatine is very um in tune with the fact that anakin uses emotions to make decisions so he's intentionally playing on anakin's emotions and and speaking to that whereas the jedi aren't um i think again as you all mentioned earlier the big misstep was i feel like lucas felt the romance was the way to do that when it really should have been um more of a a secondary Thing, more of a supportive thing than than the main. I I get why he he wants the romance to really matter to the audience and Anakin because that's one of the big like linchpins on which his turn to the dark side is based off of. Mm-hmm. So on a, at a conceptual level, I understand why he wanted to do that, but it is so bad the whole time, and uh, like there and so. I don't believe, like, I don't, it's not believable just in the dialogue is the big thing. But, like, even, like, with Padme, I'm, I'm like, why would, what are you doing? Why are you, 
like what's the little quote it's uh oh something like oh yeah i remember you when you were a little boy well no no that one's yeah, there's that, but that it's, one's not oh, helpful please, either. Oh, wait, okay, wait, you know, fight. So, okay, please don't look at me like that. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Well, yeah, like, and he continues, and then literally five seconds later, he's doing the same thing, and it's uh, his face so, as she like walks away. Like, don't look at me like that. And then he gives her like an even creepier look, right? And she turns so, away. And, yeah, and but, part of me wonders. Um, and maybe this was addressed before, but why did Lucas make Padme as old as she was in comparison to Anakin? We were talking about this last time. Yeah, we briefly touched on it. But, <laughs> okay, I mean, but it okay. is a... There's no real reason. Because that's the biggest... Like, this could have really been avoided if they were more like, you know... I, um, I think if he had made them both, like, 16 in Phantom Menace... Like or even just eighteen in Phantom Menace, like yeah, that, like he could have been a works. teenager. At least that would have made more sense. And, and also, like the whole, I can't train him; he's too old. That makes at eighteen that makes more sense than nine, you know, or whatever he was in Phantom Menace. But that was we we did touch on it. But it, it's a, it's a valid point. The age difference there is weird. Um, yeah, that and then the they don't see each other for like a ten. Years. As far as we know, they don't. As far as we know, don't see each other. Like when you're watching the movie, I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's ancillary material where they see meet each other again before this, but they don't see each other for ten years. And oh, there, he has a really bad line about that too. Uh, yeah. Every day I thought of her. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, but and then he has a line to her about that too. Uh, oh. Okay. Now the day is gone by. Where I haven't thought of you, and now that I'm with again i'm aggy which first of all who says that instead of all like that's like that's not there's any flag padme like mm. yeah yeah I, I mean if he had been aged up and maybe only like two or three years had passed i mean i i could kind of understand that better but like 10 years that just seems so, yeah. excessive yeah. well and it if there had been something in the first movie too, like if there had been some sort of more romantic connection, because it's almost in the in Phantom Menace, it's almost like motherly how she yes. kind of steps in, yeah. gives him the blanket after he walks away from his mother. It's not like, uh, yep, that's that's romance in the future right there. Um, yeah, like it, it's not child. There's no childhood friend type thing if you're going with like a trope. There's or something like that. Is yeah, there's nothing to indicate in that movie. Oh, they're going to get The reality is, though, and I'll continue to stick with this, the wheels fell off in the prequels well before Attack the Clones. I don't see for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. and the, the Attack the Clones, for what it had to do, it did it. Okay, I'm not saying it's pretty, because it wasn't. All right? I, I, it suffered from the same problems that uh, that the Phantom Menace did, but now it has to advance a plot being crippled by the first movie. That is always why it will not be my least favorite movie in this series because it's almost it 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 didn't have a chance to begin with. I don't know. I'm sorry. The 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 reality. This is this is why I feel very firmly. As much as I love the world that George Lucas created in the prequels. 
To say that the prequels are great movies, take away Revenge of the Sith, which we'll talk about at a later time. It's in, it's just you can't make the argument that they're good. You know, you can't make the argument that the prequels are are overall great movies. You, you just can't. It's the world that was created and the nostalgia that's in it. That being said, for what the Attack of the Clones had to do, it still did it at the end of the day. I And, I, and that's where, it, so even if we're going to go with, that's why I can't. So if the romance is supposed to be this linchpin, and that's how much he placed on it, then if that, then accomplishing that would mean that I care about the romance. I don't. He flat out tells me that he basically would, what would like a totalitarian state? And then kind of laughs it off, and they kind to do awkwardly but like he his actions like aren't his actions don't like align with joking about that <laughs> so like and so if you're and so just if I'm, if I'm supposed to care about this romance so much and i don't then you didn't accomplish what you set out but, but, but at the end of the day the romance was important because it was a absolutely massive part of why anakin felt anakin. no no it is and that's and i agree with that but i'm saying that the no produces the original trilogy quite literally <laughs> yes <you know? laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um no but like i think right yeah i think a change that might have um improved what they had to work with was if you know maybe it was like um you know puppy love and fandom menace and you can kind of you know write that off in the second movie i think if in turn they changed it to more of a I'm I'm clinging to Padme because she reminds me of my mother or like kind of like sort of like a, yeah like some sort of um mentor kind of relationship and then you could kind of see you know once he loses his mother then it could be like okay well Padme is like the only maternal figure I have like I have to um protect that at all like I like some I mean, it didn't have to be creepy either. I mean, it, I mean, it could have been. I mean, maybe he'd still make the same faces no matter what. But um, <laughs> I think, I think if there was that kind of a logic, I feel like this movie um, could have been improved some. Because then, because then I could, I could understand why he cares, and then I might care. Because I feel like the mother stuff they did well. That was um, best. the Tuscan Raiders section. Probably the best part of the movie. Okay. Yeah, or, at least some of the, or at least some of the best parts of the movie. I would agree with that entirely. Um, actually, and I actually think it's one of my favorite... The, the reason why I, I continue to have a, a, a soft spot for Attack the Clones, I think is in part due to those scenes. Um, you, you want to talk about building stakes for you know the the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker. I think I think there was some really formative moments with the Tusken Raiders. I think that mm-hmm. some of his best acting in the movie was actually with the Tusken Raiders. Oh, I, yes. I mean, everybody, oh. I think everybody would agree that uh, Hayden Christensen was a phenomenal, um, you know, Darth Vader, uh, you know, after when he, tr- when he turned, not so good of a Anakin Skywalker, unfortunately. Um but I, I also, there was one scene that I, I've talked about with Johnny before that really sticks in my mind, where, where they show how Anakin collapses at, at, the, at the farmstead um, with uh, Aunt Beru, uh, uh, where he collapses down, uh, down, uh, in, in, down with Padme, and he said, I, you know, it's just, 
this it, it's paining him it, he it hurts and you can and you know the i killed them i killed them all and i for me i i really like that scene because it built the stakes of the turmoil that was going on inside of him really well and the dark side transformation you could feel it yes there there are actually okay so yeah that and that scene i still don't think it's great i still don't think it's great like when in the garage i still like the uh, i i don't think it's great overall like the line about obi-wan and jealousy is weird but his line about fixing things and like how that scene starts and everything that feels re- that's really good yeah and yeah like that that part's really good and padme's also good in that scene Except the whole, like, to be angry is to be human line from Padme, that, it, it doesn't work with the scene. And, uh, and now that it doesn't work with the scene, but it just doesn't work with how, how these characters talk. But I don't know. <laughs> you know, I yeah. think something that would have fixed all of this, frankly, uh, is, you know, getting rid of, you know, this. It, it maybe, maybe in some way uh, having Anakin meet Padme at a later point. I think him meeting her in in the Phantom Menace adds a really creepy grooming aspect to all of this. Mm-hmm. And then it just gets even worse throughout the Attack of the Clones. So it's like George Lucas had this concept in the Phantom Menace of how he was going to set this up. And he crippled himself before he even got to the second movie. And then he butchers it even more. That's a good um, point. They, they don't even need to meet. In, they, there's no reason they really need to meet in the Phantom Oh, absolutely yeah. not. They could have. They could have actually. What would even been even better? Maybe even mirroring my own tragic love life uh, in real life would be, uh, you know, to have him go through this whirlwind romance where he falls in love over the course of a movie, um, and he gets caught up in the tailwind of his emotions that helps cause the fall in episode three. Um, that that might be more realistic than this grooming perspective that we were stuck with for the majority of the prequel. And you know what? I probably, um, running with that idea, I probably would have pushed any um, romantic advances to after he loses his mother because I feel like him um, or them connecting when he's at his lowest might um, kind of help build the unraveling of his emotions even more. I love that point, Aaron. Yeah. yeah. Well, like like John said, like it doesn't feel natural. Like it's a, and and this is kind of like my whole thought about their romance in general. It's a roller coaster. It's yes. the, <laughs> it, it, it's the I hate sand. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, is one of my we can't life. do this. We we you know we can't do this all the way you know the case so you have that and they fall down then they're flirting in the field with the uh, giant creature things yeah <laughs> then they're then they go to that they're flirting again then she shuts him down again but it's kind of this all over the place this roller coaster instead of like this build up and I'm still okay with like this kind of reluctance but it kind of seems like and even that I hate sand scene comes off the back of um, when they're uh, they're in the Naboo Palace, and they the one guy goes, uh, "Master Jedi, what do you think?" And she's like, "Oh, he's not a Jedi yet." And then he gets all pissed off, so they're you know not happy with each other there. And the next thing you know, you have that scene. It's like, okay, this doesn't. How do you get to there from them getting pissed off at each other because she said he's not a Jedi? 
Um, yeah, probably my uh, one of the weirdest pickup lines I think I've ever heard is that sand line. <laughs> it's, it's funny because <laughs> I didn't think like I I I remember to think oh it's just kind of a weird line he says in the talking, but they kiss like right afterwards. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's like he's like yeah I hate sand because it's it's you know it's hard of course it gets everywhere but but your skin is not your skin is soft. <sighs> I'm like what kind of line is that? <laughs> Let's like, not forget the pear scene. Oh, the pear scene is terrible. For me, that's just as cringe. The, the pear scene, I'm just like, it, you know, he's trying to show off, and it's like, what, what are you doing? This is cringe. It's CGI hell. Uh, you know, it's just, it, everything about that scene makes me cringe, along with the sand. And then the fireplace scene, you know? Okay, okay so we... What? Good. No, I was just gonna say back to like the roller coaster. It's like okay, so you have the pear scene, and then you have the fireplace scene. Oh. Um, which also, if you ever the robot chicken parody of that scene, the fireplace scene is one of my all-time favorites. I need to watch that. This is my room for talking about non-sexual things, Anakin. It's just so ridiculous because the the also. You know the the sexism throughout the film. You know, not yeah. to not to pull this into the twenty first. You know, really going in on the twenty first century uh, topics. But you know, they make her the the you know in some ways the 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 feeble woman who doesn't know what she wants, and suddenly she wants it, right? And she's dressing provocatively. It's just oh, her you know, outfits. <laughs> it's just like it's just totally ridiculous, yeah. right? It it just aged beyond the fact that the grooming aged terribly. The the cringe of the the subtle sexism that's throughout well, the film is just atrocious. And it's it's interesting because she's presented as she's supposed to be kind of like the uh, kind of the progressive or uh, she's supposed to be this uh, powerful senator that gets things done or that goes against the grain to do the right thing when other people won't. But she has no agency in the movie at all until 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 like a little bit in the Tatooine scene when she's the one that tells Anakin they're going to rescue Obi-Wan. But until then, she doesn't make any she doesn't really make any decisions on her own. And it's, it's true. And and Leia's honestly a far stronger female character than uh than Padme is, in my opinion. That was decades before the these movies came out. Which if so, you think about it oh good. Got that. Sorry, I was just gonna say if you think about like that old what everybody says, show don't tell. Like, don't tell me how powerful of a senator, how great of a senator Padme is. Show me, you know, show me her doing stuff. Tell me, you know, okay, you know, why do they? Why is she so important to this? You know, big debate that's having happening in the Senate. You just you keep telling the audience. You never show her in action. Never show her doing that. So it kind of becomes this background part of her character. Um, when really that should be something that gets shown off, and that that would be a great opportunity to like may, actually she maybe she is the one that negotiates with the separatist delegation when they come. How, have that's how you could have Dooku come with the delegation, and so you meet Dooku in the in this diplomatic context mm-hmm. where they're trying to like, have a whole conflict resolution. One thing that I I see a lot on on in uh, different subreddits on on Reddit in regards to the sequels, the prequels, the original trilogy. I'm part of all those subreddits, and one thing that always really irks me about the prequel um, subreddit, and, and as much as the memes are funny. Uh, you know, you, you compare strong female characters between, you know, for example, Ray and, and Padme, 
you know, for what for whatever your feelings are about the prequels or the sequels, at least they show Ray doing things and having some agency. Not all the time, but most of the time. You know, and not as much as Ahsoka, but that's but, a whole. <laughs> that's a that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. But what 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 does Padme do? She's just dragged through these films mercilessly, and then just kind of, you yeah. know. It, yeah, that's you know that's one of the big problem. You know, one of the things in Revenge of the Sith too, and you'll talk about this as well. It's a much better film. It's a great film, one of my favorites. Yes, but like you know, does does Padme really have much more agency in that film? The answer is no. I mean, she, so she, she's there for because Anakin needs to fall to the dark side, and Luke and Leia need a mom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just you know anyone who says that. Padme is a stronger female character than Rey is full of it. Anyway. I think also, like, if you strictly speak on the movies, but again, like, I feel like the Clone Wars animated show does help redeem Padme in a lot of ways. It does. Um, so I, th- I think it's a more fair comparison if you include all the Clone Wars stuff. But if you go on the movies alone, no way. Um, but but that's the thing too. You have to have a whole large animated series, eight seasons, to basically worth. to redeem Attack the Clones and the Phantom Menace. That is what you have to do. All which right, I mean, that, I think when we talk about like trilogy building, how which I think has become a recurring theme is that as whole things, the trilogies kind of got worse. Um, just as you know, three part stories. You know, the first trilogy is one of the ultimate examples of a great trilogy period um and then this one you know it kind of does feel like attack of the clones isn't really a great middle trilogy like middle part um because it doesn't have a strong starting point or you know maybe this could have been the starting point for a trilogy and then you put a second movie you know halfway through uh the clone wars or something um but yeah, I think that's that is it. You leave so much of Anakin's character of everybody's character growth comes during the war. Um and you don't really you don't see that playing out. It's kind of just beginning and then oh hey, look, they've all developed and Anakin's ready to fall to the dark side. Yeah, no, and you're right. It's hard for me to consider the prequels a, a better trilogy than the sequel. I know there's a whole podcast on this. I'm not trying to get into it. It, the reason why I can't is because you have the two worst movies in the series pretty much universally considered or in the prequels. And there's good reason for that. Um, you know, and the Attack of the Clones suffers because the Phantom Menace was poor. Okay. So... Go ahead. Uh, it, 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 we can talk about the sequels later, but... Yeah, uh, yeah ultimately, I do think that the, the prequel trilogy is stronger than the sequel trilogy as like a using the trilogy as like the operative word right there. it's stronger yeah. because the prequels are actually a prequel trilogy it actually is about something yeah i i would disagree with you entirely on that point but we'll 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 continue on that's fine um we should all right so let's go into all right let's go into the kind of mystery aspect which is the other major plot points mm-hmm. uh, this is again the almost bigger than the I mean, the romance is bad, but, like, this is where I feel like the movie really lets down, is, so, whole Palpatine's, and this is, this is the spoiler comment of, like, the prequel trilogy, Palpatine's whole plan revolves around getting the clones 
is up and running and fighting against like the droids and like basically starting this war where he controls both sides so that he can like eventually transition the Republic into them. The seeds for that are in this movie and obviously you won't get the answers in this movie but you don't even really know what questions you're kind of at, you should be asking. So who is Saifo Diaz? What like like was he real? Which he was real. Like is he Dooku? Is like this, everything about the Saifo Diaz clone mystery is so wishy-washy in how it's presented in this movie movie and and that would be kind of okay if it was better resolved in terms of the sith but the fact that i have to go to like six different sources within this like within various versions of the canon to get like the full story means that they did a bad job with prequel trilogy overlaying that mystery which and like how that happened and so if that's like the central since that is the central mystery i don't really understand like what the mystery is other than like uh, the clones are kind of there and well now obi-wan is fighting Django and now there's a battle scene like I, without without understanding like the questions i should be asking i don't and even get the answers at the end I, then it's not it's just bad writing i think it's bad writing in the concept that it exactly what you said in that it was rushed and we have no idea why the clone wars is really even you know taken off that being said where does it fall flat Again, you know, you could have introduced the Sifo-Dyas or any of those things. They had a whole first movie to do that, right? They could have introduced something about Wait, it. All this stuff happens off screen. It, it, it does. And, you know, again, I think, I think the problem is he was so focused, uh, to Aaron's point, on showing this all-consuming romance and how it just you know, totally changed how Anakin Skywalker functioned. Mm -hmm. Um, That you just totally, everything else just gets squished into certain parts of the movie. And that is exactly what happened here at the Siphon Uh, DS. It it does, but Obi-Wan has a lot of screen time. And that's his his entire plot line is the mystery. And I don't understand, I don't even understand the questions Obi-Wan really asking. I I mean, I do now, but like when I was when I would first watch this movie, I had no idea what was actually going on. Uh, and so you do have yes, there's a lot of the romance. But like Obi Wan is a big part of the movie, and he and he does explore these ideas. And for the record, I think it's a really cool mystery, and it's a really cool concept and story that George Lucas presents with this. But we don't get that story. Yeah, but, I think. Yeah. Well, I think what they're trying to show, because like the whole basic thing of the whole mystery is that. Palpatine is in control of every single part of this. You know, if you kind of look at it, like Palpatine is the one, like there's a reason it's Jango Fett that goes to kill Padme Amidala. Why? Because he wants the Jedi to trace him back to Kamino because the Jedi need to find the clones, Um, you know, and that's kind of the core theme. And they don't really, it's supposed to be this thing. I think the audience is supposed to know that, you know, Palpatine is behind all of this, but they don't really... Normally, I'm okay with, like, subtlety in storytelling, but sometimes you do have to kind of punch home uh, the the key points that every little thing in that mystery traces back to Palpatine. Um, and I think, like, something that I think maybe they could have hit on a little bit more is that, it, like, in the very end, Palpatine calls Dooku Tyrannus. Yes. Which is, it's kind of a thing, like, if you, you know, you blink and you'll miss it. And you think all the way back to, like, when Django tells... Yes. Obi-Wan, oh, I was hired by a man called Tyrannus on one of the moons of whatever. Um, And if you, 
if you catch it, you realize, oh, oh Count realize Dooku. That. Yeah, so th- that's the point. It's like, if you catch it, you realize Count Dooku's the one who ordered the clones, who created the clone army. Um, you know, at assumingly the order of Sidious. Um, so it's just kind of like, oh, maybe you could have driven that home that he's Tyrannus and that Tyrannus ordered the clones. Um, show that mystery, watch it play out, and really drive home the whole point of really the entire Star Wars saga that Palpatine is the mas- the puppet master. He's behind everything, and this is his grand scheme paying off. And this is exactly. That is such a good point, and this is exactly why I consider the prequels in a lot of ways a failure. Because even though they pull some, they have some great takes in Revenge of the Sith, this is a prequel tw- trilogy. This is a trilogy that does not stand on its own without the Clone Wars. All right, because we do not see the stakes being built from movie one to movie three. Um, and, you know, the Sifo Dyas mystery is so good, okay, and. And yet we barely hear about it. Um, and Palp- for example, we barely understand why, how and we don't see much about why Palpatine's pulling the strings. It just it, it almost leans Palpatine's aura in the prequels almost leans on the original trilogy, which is bonkers to me because this is before the original trilogy. So we should be seeing more about how he's pulling the strings, not less, you know, oh, yeah. That that should have been like the politics in the Phantom Menace. I I mentioned should have been you, you see blackmailing senators or doing like dark like having other people do shady things, and you can do more of that in this. We see him like one like a couple times in the beginning of the movie, and then like once at the end, and that's like and maybe one other time. Oh no, then the actual scene in the Senate, but like that's really it, and. Yes, like I kind of to your point, Matthew. Like I don't need you. you sh- it is a mystery, so there is a lot that should be not fully explained, especially right away. But like I, but I don't really understand. Like you, you can't let's put it this way: when, once you do know all the answers, you can't look back and say, "Oh, I understand." Like of course he did this because well, they didn't have that scene where you're supposed to pick up on that. Or some, or or where you're given a clue, or or something like that. They also yeah. spend a lot of time. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. Oh, you're okay. good. Yeah, and with with that in in turn, um, there was a lot of things that I didn't understand about Obi Wan's actions. Yes. Either. Yes. And that would that's my biggest frustration with this because like as soon as soon as the whole like I like the setup of you know. Him being led along the the trail of okay, finding this unique weapon that was used to assassinate the assassin, and then you know the, it leading him to this mysterious system that apparently doesn't exist, and then arriving on the system we've been expecting you, and then as soon as he hears that oh yeah, like you all ordered this. I'm I don't know why he then went so hard for um Django. Yes. Then like cuz I would have immediately said, "Okay, if we ordered this, that means that we also <laughs> directed him to kill Amida." And then I would have immediately gone back and started investigating, you know, 
uh, my own group or like, yeah, I I just people always talk about Obi Wan being the strong point of the attack the clones. I actually disagree. All right, yeah. and 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 here's why. You know, I I think you want he's one of my all time favorite characters, if not my favorite character, but mostly because of the Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith. His, you know, and his part in the Phantom Menace and the fight scene in the Clone Wars, he's kind of he's kind of serious. I don't always understand what he's doing. Um, you know, it, it, he's not really the the gentle uh, kind of relief character that I think. I think he became in in the Clone Wars in some ways um, the parental figure. You know, he, he actually kind of came across it a lot of times as naive and overly serious. Yeah, and, and you know, overall, you know, I I think the fandom blows out of proportion Obi Wan's how good he is in Attack of the Clones because they like him as a character not because of the performance he actually provides. Yeah, no, he's not. So Anakin complains a lot about him in this movie. And Anakin is whiny and more whiny than he needs to be. But he, but with Obi-Wan, he kind of has a point at certain parts of the movie. Like, Obi-Wan is kind of, he is pretty naggy and not in a, like, productive way. And, like, I, I if I were Anakin, he I wouldn't... Been up with Anakin not. shit for 10 years, so... It's, it's true. It's true. I can't imagine I wouldn't be cranky either. That's Yeah, that's true. But is that really the mentality? So, so for me, you know, the Obi Wan in the Clone Wars was for me was just a much better representation of of Obi Wan in general. And I think same with the Revenge of the Sith. You know, I the the parental figure that I think he was sort of meant to be. I think in the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, they make him seem callous and in some ways naive. And I, I don't think that's actually the mentality that he want they wanted to portray with Obi Wan. I maybe it is. I think. But... I think. Yeah, because a moment. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, because a moment that stood out to me was when um, he discovered that um, Anakin was not on Naboo, and he was like, "Oh." According to this, he's in Tatooine. Why would he be there? It was it was just like there was like this weird um lack of awareness yes. when it comes to Anakin that I found frustrating yes. on different levels because I feel like you would know by now, especially after ten years, that like um Anakin has very strong ties to his emotions, especially when those emotions are involving his relationships with his family and with the people that he cares about. So like, I, I just, there's just this lack of, of understanding how to speak to Anakin that apparently Palpatine was really good at. And maybe they wanted to highlight that difference, but it just seemed very, but they just didn't do a good me. job of it. Right. right? I, That's- I, I think yeah. that there's, so in the Clone Wars, you get a better representation of what their relationship probably should have been in this movie, uh, where it's more of a partnership. Uh, and yes, like Obi Wan is still like his mentor, his like mentor, but it, it but like it, it feels, and that's what we get more in Revenge of the Sith, 
but yeah, like I, I think that the it's kind of the the repeated point about it's been ten years. There, and Anakin, Anakin does grow. Like he's not, and so you would think that he would have he would have been a little more mature in how he handled Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan would know, Aaron, to your point, Obi-Wan would know better how to deal with Anakin stuff so that he didn't have to be quite as naggy. Or, or at least respond mm-hmm. as he does in the Clone Wars often, which is he often uses a lot of sarcasm, which Anakin kind of responds, like they have kind of a a very back and forth thing going on, which which Anakin responds well to in the Clone Wars, and it lets them accomplish like a lot of their missions pretty well. Uh, but and and you're able to still establish Anakin's character being brash, and like he's like the he's like the Gryffindor of all like he's supposed to be like the Gryffindor of all Gryffindors in terms of like no I'm gonna go we're gonna go do that thing now because I say we are or because I say I'm gonna do it, and. Uh, and Obi-Wan starts to temper that, but still let it happen a little bit. Because sometimes Anakin is in the right and does kind of know what he's doing. And maybe you're not quite there in this movie, but like having a, it be the relationship be closer to that than it is in this one would, I think, have helped Obi-Wan's character and Anakin's. Uh, it, and it, it, God. Um, I was just going to... The only point I was going to bring up is just to reiterate, George Lucas needed Dave Filoni to bail himself out when it comes to the storytelling of these key characters to redeem the prequels. All right. The the prequels is looked upon more fondly now in some ways, despite of George Lucas because of Dave Filoni and what he did in the Clone Wars. I think that's an important point to keep in mind. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Uma Gregor is great. Like with what he has, like he does a really good job. But and the mullet is funny. But like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there's one scene, Johnny. If you don't mind, there's one scene I wanted to bring up to hear everybody's thoughts on. Would that be so? So uh, I really want to talk about the factory scene. Um, and and I and there's a reason why I want to. Um. If you want to talk about filler, and we talk about filler uh, in some of the other Star Wars <laughs> movies, you know, in, in in particular, I think one of the biggest complaints about the Last Jedi is some of the some of the filler parts in between, especially with the casino. This factory scene is just atrocious. The scene and, does absolutely nothing for the movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, you could literally take the factory scene out, yeah. and it wouldn't make any difference to where you end up. But you I know? saw something that like Natalie Portman and they really hated film because it's, it's almost all CGI too. Like the factory itself is almost all CGI. You, it looks you like it. If you haven't seen oh, really her look behind look. the scenes while filming this scene, it's exactly that. She hated it. Um, she was actually like, she was telling George Lucas, this isn't even going to be in the movie, is it? Like, this is just a big joke <laughs> on me. Uh, <laughs> But it's also like it is all CGI. It's just like these big foam blue blocks that they're smacking her with. Um, I can only imagine it was a nightmare to film. Um, it's boring. Like, <laughs> like um, I yeah, I I skipped a nice rewatch. I did too. <laughs> uh, but I mean, we really needed three uh, PO's head on a battle droid, though. 
Yeah, that that's. I mean, I, yeah. It, and here and here's a another thing about it. You know, they, he he was so focused on tying in Django Fett at every opportunity, which I think is mostly just because people said Boba Fett was a cool character, and they're like, "Oh, people like this. We're just gonna toss it in there." You well, know. I'm- it's called it, merchandising. Yeah. <laughs> to the only point about Dooku, I think that maybe you could argue like Lucas was thinking, since we weren't really going to see much of Dooku until later, that Django serves as kind of the antagonist until you get there. But it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't really work. Well, yeah, because that and that 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 was my my whole thing too. Because as soon as as soon as um. Obi-Wan discovers that he was hired supposedly, well, okay. Well, supposedly, like, working for somebody on their side, um, especially if they quote-unquote ordered it, um, that he would try to figure out, okay, Maybe I shouldn't like. I don't think I would feel antagonistic towards somebody that was supposedly hired by us to kill. Some, like I, I would, I would try to investigate. Okay, why are we doing this yep. whole circular go around thing? Yeah, and um, I wish. Oh, there was something I wish they had done. Um, I think what was it tied to? Um, what was I gonna? say i think it had something to do with um wow i lost that train of thought i'm i'll i'll remember it at some point and then i'll be like oh yeah it was that classic though i mean Django fett you know yet another wasted opportunity here not the biggest one of the other ones waste of a time because at least he gets like an actual cool action but but like what what is the what is his mm-hmm. purpose? Does he really drive anything in the movie? The answer is no. I, I wouldn't I would argue that he 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 does he serves I mean this isn't great, but he serves as kind of a MacGuffin to get we wanted Genosis. <laughs> well and to Camino. Like he is yeah. and like I was saying, like there's a reason mm-hmm. Palpatine wanted Django fit there because he wanted the Jedi to track him back to Camino. They wanted yeah, you know, that's what so they needed a vehicle for him to get to Camino and I mean if you're gonna if you need that you might as well get the merchandising opportunity out of it. Um uh, and I and I, I do like his interaction with Django on Camino, but both the kind of the more civil discussion and their bat their fight scene, which yeah, they're good. also that's like the only, also another thing about like the pacing of this movie. Obi-Wan inviting Django is like the only action scene between like the chase with Sam Wazell or whatever. Uh, Speaking of the chase scene, I kind of like the chase scene. Oh, I just remembered what I was going to do. Oh, go ahead, Aaron. Okay. I wish um, in the scene where Obi-Wan was um, interrogating him that he had said, um, like, the Jedi had hired me or, like, something that was was vague enough to get Obi-Wan to go back to the Jedi and then eventually... You know, when he's beating Count Dooku at the end, you know, uh, it could be like a reveal of like, oh, well, that's why I hired um, Fett to kill, you know, something to, to um, I guess, satisfy 
the mystery or at least make it more obvious to to um supplement the point that we were making earlier. Yeah. Okay. Are we allowed to throw in Clone Wars spoilers? Um what what is it in bigly in relation to um season six, the it, it's the Saifu DS arc in I think it's season six where Obi-Wan and Anakin they go figure all this out once and for all. Uh, let's say for stuff. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, well, I was just gonna. I mean, because you do get that scene that he's kind of referenced that you should have had. You get that in that arc. Yes. The, um, that's also like the best Anakin Obi Wan YouTube fight, but yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, that's a. Uh, was it season? Yeah, it was season six. Yeah, six it was after the initial cancel. Yeah, revival before the yeah, the Disney or before the Disney Plus. But again, getting bailed out by the uh, animated stuff. Ah, the classic having someone else bail out your yeah. terrible storytelling. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> so the okay, the, the final battle sequence. Oh, it's one of my favorite scenes. It's so maybe I'm biased. I mean, C- CGI didn't. Didn't age particularly well at times. That being said, uh, I love the final, like uh, final fight scene and stadium scene. I think Dooku actually. I think he has a very imperious look in that scene. I like the Jedi fight scene against the against the droids. I I which that it's let down by the rest of the movie. Frankly, um, I liked it. I thought it was entertaining. I think parts of it are. Yeah, I think parts of it are. I think the Jedi versus the droids is probably my favorite part. The big battle sequence is probably my least favorite part. Like, visually, it's kind of cool, but, like, also my emotional investment is the... Well, prior to, the, again, the Clone Wars, these are faceless clones that I have no emotional attachment. It's one C... I saw it a take once. It's one CGI army versus another CGI army that I, like, don't have any emotional connection, in which I have no emotional connection to either of them. I will be honest. I am somewhat still shocked that it has not been... For all the special editions and remastered, I'm kind of shocked that they haven't gone back and just done another pass at the... Updated the... It really (laughs) is. This is, like, the only time I feel in Star Wars where the tech has not lived up... To George Lucas's vision. No, yeah, that's um, weird. Because even just like the small gap between what was what was this movie? Two thousand two, two thousand three. I think so. I think mm-hmm. And then like Revenge of the Sith is like two thousand five, two thousand five, yeah, right? So even in that like three year gap, the technological leap that you get, um, because I still feel most of Revenge of the Sith holds up even, oh my god, we're 17 years later. Um, yeah, there's a lot of it. There's some weird green screens, like clear green screen backdrops, but yeah, a lot of Revenge of the Sith look a lot better. Which is just kind of crazy in like three years, yeah. it, it jumped that much. Um, yeah, I just because it does seem like by the time of Revenge of the Sith, the CGI is there to do what he wanted to do in the final Battle of Geonosis here. It does just kind of seem right. Nah, it's it's just a little bit. It's older. It's it's dated. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm sure at the time it was breathtaking, but then it just kind of gets outclassed really. I don't know. If this is a mistake or intentional, but there's a shot where Pat 
I mean, it's on top of her, the um, killer, and she's being attacked by her beast that's supposed to kick her cat that's going to kill her. And it rips the back of her, uh, it rips the back of her, like, outfit. She was wearing a one-piece outfit uh, prior to this uh, this shot, and in the next frame, it, the, it so it's a slash across the back, so now there's a slash in her outfit. In the next frame, the whole midriff section is gone, and now she's, and now, and now there's, uh, it's, and now she's wearing, like, effectively just a bra, or uh, now it's a two-piece outfit, <laughs> uh, which um, and the cat did not touch the uh, front of the outfit, and it didn't look like the fabric was designed to tear in such a way. I still think it. I still think that that, that the takes are maybe a little harsh. I mean, the 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 you know the battle needed to happen. I still think the battle raised the stakes sufficiently. I actually thought the letdown was the first time. I thought it was super cool, but I, I thought the Dooku Yoda fight was kind of a kind of an anticlimactic fight in a lot of ways. And I, think, uh, I yeah. for me, I, I thought the battle. I actually kind of enjoyed the 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 pacing of the Yoda versus initially Obi Wan Anakin, and then yeah, I mean Dooku versus Obi Wan and Anakin, then Dooku versus Yoda. The pacing was for for a climactic fight was disappointing yeah i agree i so i will agree i, I the arena seems interesting because it's just them trying to survive where the initial one and then the jedi versions in like where the jedi versus the clones is interesting it's kind of cool in parts yeah we talked about the clones versus the droids but i agree i kind of think that like there's certainly a ton of climactic duels this is the weakest one the, just the dooku fights in general because mm-hmm. the characters don't really like i as the audience don't have a really have any sort of emotional connection to dooku i mean a little bit but like and the characters kind of do but it's all based on stuff that happened off screen. Anakin meets him like probably for the first time, yeah. like right when they fight. Obi Wan and him kind of have a relationship, but it's based on Qui Gon and all the stuff that happened off screen. And same with Yoda, and that yeah, he's Dooku's like former master, but that also happened entirely off screen. And then Yoda and Dooku don't ever meet in the movie until they fight. And also the fights are just kind of visually. When I was first saw them, I was, I loved it, especially like I remember just geeking out as a kid of Anakin dual wielding. But now I'm like, oh, emotionally it's boring. And other than that section when. Dooku and Anakin cut the lights out and it looks kind of cool. Just the fighting itself is boring. It's kind of drab as the it word is. Find. It There's a... Especially when you're coming off the fight with Maul in Phantom Menace where you hired pretty much just a pure stunt person to play Maul. Um, just somebody who you could really push the limits with and then you get... I mean, yeah. you know, Chris, Christopher Lee, incredible actor, but even at, you know, a little bit older... By the time he's playing this, you know, you can't push him the way you pushed Ray Park. Um, but I, don't know. I do remember loving the Yoda fight as a kid and pissing off my parents by jumping off every piece of furniture <laughs> I could with a toy lightsaber. Um, I really feel like a boss fight. You know, you have you have Yoda <laughs> being the you know, the the big guy on the on the Jedi, and then you know, Dooku we know isn't the big guy on the Sith. Right, so it seems like a mismatch in some ways, and yet they try to pair it off as equal footing. There's just a lot of things when you look into it that were problematic about the fight. Um, and so, so for me, I actually thought Sorry, yeah. if the point of the attack of the clones is to build, is to build this galactic conflict, I actually think it did okay with it. What what let it down was everything else. I mean. This, but this boss fight was just kind of a disappointment once you go and look back at it. Even though when I was a kid, I agree. It's a sick movie. And, and it's not that you can't have 
kind of Matthew, to your point, like, it's not that you can't still have a cool duel with a character that's not, like, Duke, he's a duel, he's a duelist, like, that's, but he's supposed to be, like, the best, if not one of the best in, like, certainly alive in terms of lightsaber dueling prowess. So, like, there's definitely an opportunity to really show that off a little more. Oh, I think uh, so. I think, I, I was speaking more to the practical side of mm-hmm. filming it, because yes. we even see this in yeah. Revenge of the Sith, that the fight between uh, Palpatine and Mace Windu was supposed to be much more elaborate, much right. more athletic, until George Lucas at the last second decided, actually, we're not using the stunt person, we're using Ian McDiarmid, who had to then learn all the choreography. That day, right? And, yeah, like, on, at, on the day, in the moment, and, you know, he's definitely not as athletic as the stunt person was. Um, which I think maybe that's a flaw in, you know, George Lucas's filmmaking, that he less willing to use stunt people for those uh yeah those scenes because you do see it again in the uh in the clone wars you see dooku showing off um in a way that you don't really get in live action they're almost two different characters the uh dooku and the clone wars and the dooku and the movies i mean they're they are wildly they are portrayed in some ways wildly different um, and that's such a biting my tongue on Tales of the Jedi. Well, yes. <laughs> but, well, again, that's because Christopher Lee is such a good actor, and he's really well with like what he's given as kind of, he Dugu is supposed to be this kind of cynical statesman, uh, and Dugu does a good job portraying that. But we don't get enough. We just don't get enough about him, like about his backstory, about like his current. We don't see him doing like a lot, um, and that leads to that. I think that because in the Clone Wars, you actually see him doing a lot of stuff, and tells the Jedi again, <laughs> like I'm going to talk about it. Matthew agreed, um, yeah. but yeah, it's just it's, it's a wasted opportunity, especially when you have an actor like Philly. But Dooku is a really cool character. He just not in this movie because I mean, you kind of think about it between when you first see him and when you last see him on screen. I mean, that's less than an hour of runtime. <laughs> that's a good point. Probably like forty-five minutes of runtime. His first appearance, and you know, bye bye. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy to think. And then let's talk about that marriage scene at the end, right? Uh, You you know, it's just, it was just, you know, talk about a scene that's just tossed in there, right? Kind of like, oh yeah, they got married, right? Uh, Why why did we end on this and not on, you know, the Clone War has begun, you know? Because because forbidden love, that's why. (laughs) Oh, okay. Gosh, Johnny, that made me die a little bit on the inside. No, but that's really what he was thinking. I know, I know, I know. You're right. It's just cred. No, no, it did make you really excited. Like I remember watching the movie, being really excited for *Revenge of the Sith* after, like the kind of the 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 scene with the light Palpatine and Bail Ghana and all of them. Which, on that note, introduce those uh, characters that are kind of important. Like uh, you know, maybe mention Bail Organa's name. Um, Somebody else in the negotiation scene. It's not in there. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he's in there. He plays a role. He's in the discussions. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think he's the... No, he's one of two senators in the discussions about giving uh, Palpatine emergency powers. Oh, yeah, just, like, is that the belief I'm, scene? No, that's in there. Where uh, The guy goes... Oh, never mind. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the debate is over. He's like, the debate's not over. They'll never approve it in time. Yeah. You know, like that's Bail Organa. And I'm, I'm fairly certain we knew Leia's was an Organa that like I think fans would have known that. So if you say that's Bail Organa, I think you kind of figure out who um I don't know. 
But. Yeah, I know. Matt, great point, man. I, I agree. It's uh, talk about introducing a lot of characters and not doing anything with, right? I mean, Greedo is in the Phantom Menace. I mean, so is uh, so Volva gets the little call out in this one. Oh. Yeah, it's just you know, Jar Jar. You know why? What, what's he doing? Where? Why are we tossing him into? The you know, it's just... he's manipulable. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I and I, I had this mentality every time. I watched this movie or any of the, the prequels anymore. I just have to see Jar Jar as an antagonistic <laughs> character. You know, I I really needed I really needed that um to use a, a Naruto analogy. I really needed that Obito realness. Oh, you know, I just needed that scene. I just needed that scene of like dark Jar Jar Binks, you know, laughing with Palpatine. <laughs> uh, cause I mean, cause he like blatantly was like, you know. Hey, um, yeah, uh, Amidala was like, yeah, can you lead for me in my stead? Sure. This is all going according to plan. Ah, <laughs> you know, and I abdicate all power to Palpatine. Here you go. <laughs> I don't know. At least it would have made it great. Yeah, agreed. Uh, oh, uh, and all, Venom, uh, no, uh, football is canon in Star Wars universe. There's the, the scene of the droid in, in uh, Dex's bar, there, or diner. There's a, uh, there are droids playing American football. Uh, on the TV. <laughs> that's that's a good scene, and Obi Wan's like happy, and everyone's happy in that scene, and it's like, but like it kind of has actual weight to it. Yeah, and the chase scene, mm-hmm. I actually, you know, the the chase scene and the in the in the bar scene, I, I kind of liked it. I I think it was one that actually, I think it added something to the film, and it was certainly better than the the preceding and uh, 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 after scenes that came came after it. I. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. The 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 is fun. Yeah, yeah I, you know, it, it adds it adds a little bit of fun to an otherwise you know somewhat tortuous tortuous and winding movie that doesn't always tie things together or usually doesn't. So anything else in particular? I mean, I'm sure we can go on. Oh, uh, seismic charges uh, are probably the coolest effect in Star Wars that is not sound effect in Star Wars that is not a lightsaber. Agreed, hundred percent. Uh, yeah. And again, you know, a, a cool point in a otherwise, you know, uh, somewhat difficult, you know, the all of the a lot of those scenes for for me, you know, with Django were sometimes, you know, as cool as Django is. Every time I watch the movie, I become a little less less excited about his uh, character. A lot of opportunity. Oh, for sure. I, I, okay, I did like the line. Uh... Uh, I, this 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 was an actual good kind of callback. The, you call this a diplomatic solution? No, I call it aggressive negotiations. That, that's a fun exchange. It is. It is. I completely <laughs> agree. There's like there's actually a lot of good quotes in this in the in the stadium. I actually like how like uh, you know uh, Obi Wan, Anakin, Padme. They're all tied up, and I think the way they go about things is kind of fun. Some of their banter is fun. I I don't know. I I, I think the stadium scene. Even if, uh, even if that take. Well, there's a lot that are fun. Oh, I do wish th- this is another missed opportunity. The Maze, Maze versus Jango should have been an actual fight rather than like a. Like, I, I, I wonder if maybe they did plan for it to be like a fight and they were looking at the runtime and they were like, hey. There is an extended deleted scene. There is. It's very uh, long. It's. Jango gets it much worse oh. in the deleted scene. He gets like. Yeah. He gets. Fully dismembered. Wow. <laughs> oh boy, okay. I'll, it's a. I'll check it out. But yeah, it is kind of a quick and unceremonious death. It, it makes me so cool, but 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely yeah, the coolest thing sure. I think Mace does on screen. Um, it's true, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is also like, okay, you have Sam Jackson, and he doesn't really like, get to do anything until the end of this movie, and he gets like a fight in the third movie. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, just wait till he gets resurrected at some point <laughs> for his Disney yeah. series. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and he, oh, also another. There, there are some like really. There are some cool visual shots. Like I really like like Dooku's ship. I don't really know what it's supposed to do, but like it looks really cool how it kind of unfolds and like uh, the shot of it both kind of leaving Geosis and then returning to Coruscant are both very cool. Yeah, and him talking to Palpatine as well is pretty sick. Anyway, sorry, Matt, didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's. I think it just it fits his character so well. It it seems it, it seems expensive. You know, it seems like something that the statesman that you know kind of. I someone like sometimes Dooku is almost just like I feel like you could describe him like you know like seventeen hundreds military officer kind of you know very gentlemanly art of war. Yep. Um, you know, travels in style. He's not, you know, on some beat up old, you know, battleship. Agreed. Yeah. I. Yeah, I well, I, I, I knew at least I would be around on this episode, but <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anything else? I know. I mean, I, I think if we're if we're talking about the final take for me, the final takeaway will always be, you know, I think Attack the Clones suffers from a lack of a base, and uh, I, I think I think for for what it needed to do to build Revenge of the Sith, I think it. It didn't do it in the best way, but it did limp to the finish line in, in getting us there. Um, but the reality is, George Lucas, you know, as a as a as a writer of these uh, of these movies, I think just did an exceptionally poor job in Attack of the Clones. But I think it, even worse is how he set it up for a disaster because of the Phantom Menace. That would be my final take. That's right. I, I wouldn't spend a lot of time defending the last part of that. <laughs> uh, oh, I real quick, I do want to uh, touch back on the Tusking Raider scene. It's excellent. Shmi's performance is excellent, and it's the only use of dual defeats in the movie. Gosh, I love that soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah I, my final thought would probably just be it's a bad movie. I, there are a few cool parts. There's very cool mysteries that didn't really start well and is not really done well, but it's there. Uh, and and lead, it does lead to some cool things. Uh, I, I there are not many things that I think I would say are it's still a, it's a bad movie with full part and and it, it does set up some things well and those payoffs are really cool in the not in this one yeah um to me I feel like I felt like if, watching this movie made, made me feel like I feel like the ideas for Revenge of the Sith was written first and then everything before that just feels like a, a rough draft of how we got there and I feel like um I wish they had spent more time in terms of rearranging the story to um really sell Revenge of the Sith as as the climax. Um I think what we got was a was a was a attempt um at getting us there and with where we left off at the beginning um I'd say Given where Lucas's head was at the time in terms of focusing on the romance for the stuff that we did get besides that, we got some really great scenes and a lot of 
okay scenes. And, um, you know, um, I feel like this movie was a lesson in the importance of pre-outlining your story or pre-outlining a trilogy before jumping in and writing it. Because I feel like had more time been spent on really making sure that the three movies were set up well, I think the prequels could have been um, really great. It's, uh, my final thoughts, I mean, I don't hate any Star Wars movie, and I don't think any of them are bad. But this one, it's just, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride. It's not, it's not smooth in how it gets to points to points, and I just think it doesn't, it doesn't draw your attention to its greatest strengths. And I think, you know, it takes a lot of digging to go find the story that's in there. So it really does kind of feel like an execution thing. Um, Because there's a story there. There's a story in this time period, in this galaxy that's going on there. It's just not presented well enough to, you know, the point where it's accessible and you can kind of just sit back and enjoy it. Um, It doesn't take you on the ride. as well as it could have. But, I mean, you know, it's still Star Wars. I still love it, so. All right. Well, yeah, uh, so this has been our uh, discussion on Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Uh, we will at some point be concluding the prequel trilogy with an episode discussing Revenge of the Sith at some point. Uh, and until then, we have been your hosts, Johnny. Ryan. Aaron. And Matthew. And thank you for listening.